to speak on this morning is that, that you will have your breakthrough. What I want to speak on this morning is seasons. But that you position yourself for the right season so that God can have you where he wants you to be. Right? And I'm going to speak in a little bit about myself because in, in 2008, I was, I was here as well in this church. And I was here with Pastor Patrick. I don't know if you remember, Sister Josie. I was here. And, and, and that, that 2008 was a turning point in my life. It was a turning point in my life because that's where I received the direction to go to South Africa. But as a matter of fact, I was there in 2008 in a training center. And I was supposed to get trained to start a training center, a UTC, in Europe. That's why my wife and I and our three kids, while we were there, but how did you know them when God can change everything? God can turn everything around. Your plans. Amen. The Bible says many other ways in a man's heart, but the Lord directs his steps. Right? And if you are open, somebody say open. I'm going to say it again. If you are open, amen, for God, that God can move. Amen? And um, I, wanna, uh, um, I want you to open your Bibles in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I've been so blessed this whole this this whole this whole week, man. This has been amazing. It's been so 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 tremendous, and I haven't been here for four years in the United States, and uh, 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 I don't even know. God always comes in time. He always comes in time, and uh, um, maybe you're not aware, but as as a uh, a worship leader or a musician, or if you're involved in things that has to that are going on on stage in conference, I mean, you're very busy. You're very busy with rehearsals. You're very busy with practices. You're focused on what you have to do. You need to be sensitive for the Holy Spirit. Amen. But there are a lot of times where you sometimes sit like, Lord, I need a word. I need you to speak to me, but I'm so busy, so I don't know. So my word came when Pastor Tom was speaking on Wednesday night. <clears throat> Powerful. And I didn't expect it. Because, uh, you know, when you're sitting in the service and you're thinking about the things that you still have to do. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> that you, because you have a responsibility right now. Some of you are sitting here and you're thinking about a responsibility that you still have to do today. Amen. But I want you to let go and let God for right now. Amen. Amen. And I was sitting there Wednesday, Wednesday evening and God just hit me. And he, and he broke me. And I was crying at you. I didn't expect it to happen. Amen. Because that is how our God is. Amen. You never know when God is going to move. But it was a powerful, powerful conference. Amen. Amen. Well, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Amen. It, it, uh, it begins there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. And then, and then it continues, you know. And then uh, I'm not going to go in there, but there's a, there, there's a time uh, to, to mourn. There's a time, you, you know, all these things. It continues, but I will not go in, in there. I want to focus on these first things. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. Amen? And then in verse 11 it says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Remember those three last words. In its time. He has made everything beautiful in its time. That means if it's not time yet, it is not beautiful yet. Right? It doesn't look beautiful yet, but he will make it beautiful in its time. Right? 
They're amazing. When I wake up in the morning, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I do, I'm just trying new things with my hair, you know. <laughs> but my hair doesn't look like this in the morning, right? But in its time, you know, after you put some work in it, right, it looks beautiful. I mean, that's what I think. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it. I heard all kind of names. I heard all kind of names. Pastor Sonny Jr., he's cold, you know. He, he just calls you everything. You know, I heard some people, uh, 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 um, uh, they said, what did, what did he say? Now, you look like Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, he's, he's old, man. I don't want to look like Jack Nicholson. Somebody said, oh, you look like Jack Frost. The Jack Frost? Oh, man, that's cold. You know, I wish somebody said, oh, you look like George Clooney. I said, oh, that's a nice one. You know, but nobody really said that, you know. But I pray when I come home. I haven't seen my wife for five weeks, but I hope when I come home, you know, she says, hey, George, I mean, you, you know, how you doing? Right? But he has made everything beautiful in its time. And that is important. And then in verse 12, it says, I know that there is nothing better for men than to be happy and do good while they live. That everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all his toil. And this is the gift of God. Well, mark these last words again. This is the gift of God. Because nowadays, nowadays you have a lot of Christians. And they're doing good in church. Right? But they're not really happy. They are not really happy. You work hard. You have a lot of Christians. You work hard. You do the work of the ministry. And remember, I mean, I know what it means. I've, I've been in Victoria's Utrecht. When I came in that church, there were six people there. So I was working hard. My wife was working hard. We were just married. We got married in that church. We weren't married when we, when we came to the church. So we, we were working hard every single day. We, I did everything in that church. Amen. And then I got a new season, Victoria. I reached Amsterdam. And I was working hard again. I was doing all kinds of And man, I was faithful. I can say I was faithful. You know, and I became the right, right hand man of my pastor, Pastor Joffrey, and I was doing good. But I wasn't completely happy. Because I knew, I knew God had more for me. And I'm not saying more, but something different. Right? God had something different for me. And I was faithful. Right? I was faithful. And many of you are sitting here. You are faithful. Many of you, you have been here for a long time. Maybe you've even saved longer than I am. And you've been faithful. You've been on the journey. Remember Pastor Steve, Sister Josie, Pastor Esteban. You've been on the journey. And God is doing new things. But some of us that are sitting here, you are not completely satisfied. You are not completely happy. Right? He has made everything beautiful in its time. For some of us, it's a season of preparation. Right? That you already remember when I said 1998, I received that vision. Not until 2010, I would walk in that vision. It took me 12 years. 12 years of preparation, 12 years of character building, 12 years of being faithful in a full-time job. As a matter of fact, I'm 41 right now, but when I, when I turned 18, I started working. I always had a job. 
So I always had a full-time job, and then God raised me up. God raised me up. I got licensed, you know, and as a pastor, I was functioning. I was a youth pastor. I did evangelism. I did worship. I did all those things while having a full-time job. Then God blessed us with three beautiful kids. I did all those things full-time. God was preparing me for something big, but I didn't know. I didn't know that God was preparing me for something that I needed to be rooted in his word. I needed to be discipled. I needed to be worked with. I needed to go through some heavy battles before he could send me out. The first seven years of my marriage, I'll be a little bit transparent. They were very hard because I was never worked with. I mean, if you're in the pioneering church of six people, don't expect to get marriage counseling. Pastor, you know, I, I, you know, it's not going really well in my marriage. I just pray about it, you know. Can you please help me do that? Right? So they were very hard and we wanted to have children. My wife, she had three miscarriages before we had our firstborn. So you can imagine after the third miscarriage, there was a lot of pressure on our marriage. There were a lot of things happening. There were a lot of situations that we thought we didn't know if we were going to make it. We loved each other, but we didn't understand each other. We didn't have somebody to work with us. I came straight from the world into a Christian marriage. I didn't know how to be as a Christian husband. I didn't know. My wife didn't know. We were from totally different backgrounds. My wife, her father was an alcoholic. When she was 14, she started working already to provide in the family. I was a spoiled white brat. My parents used to be hippies. I mean, real, real, real hippies. When I was a little boy, I would come in the living room, and all kind of people would sleeping on top of each other, and there was a specific smell that I could never bring home until I became a cop in Amsterdam. And then, you know, I smelled some things on the streets. You have certain shops in Amsterdam, amen, where they, where they sell marijuana, right? And it's a legal profession, like you go to a bar. You choose whatever kind you want. Amen. And that was the smell. So I was, as a young boy, I was really, I was kind of confused. Because I was confronted with these all kind of things. My dad had a real good job. He was an interior decorator. So when I was a little kid, I would fly with him to France to, I don't know if you know, Monte Carlo, Monaco. And he would uh, design the interiors of beautiful mansions. But then when I was 16, so I was all messed up. So when I was 16, then I found out he didn't. He didn't do his business right, and then we got kicked out of our house. So I came home. I see people like, you know, taking all the stuff out of the house. It was a big blow for me. My dad, I found out he wanted to kill himself. He didn't do it. But then my whole world turned upside down. And remember, I wasn't a Christian. I wasn't a Christian at all. I didn't know nothing about God. So what happened is that I live with friends. My parents live with, with friends. My brother lived with friends. And that's how... The, 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 a couple of months went by. And I had a lot of questions because my whole world of financial security was turned upside down. Right? Then I started partying, party scenes, going to parties, drinking a lot, and all these things. I was pretty good at basketball. You know, you wouldn't say if you see how, how tall I am now. You know? I know, yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but in the day, I was pretty fast. So when I was 14, I made the Dutch national team, but I stopped messing up because I started drinking alcohol. 
My homie, you know when you're 14, it's not normal to come to a practice with a hangover. That's not normal. Right? So when I, though here I was as a young man, I was all messed up. And then I got to know Christ. And I was growing up in the church. Nobody even taught me how to be a Christian husband because I saw my parents free marriage. You know, so all kind of things happening in a, in a flower power time. So what happened is that I was confused. Right? But I decided to follow my God. I decided to serve the Lord. My wife, she decided to serve the Lord. And after the first seven years were very hard, God came through. And now after almost 16 years, our marriage is stronger than ever. Yeah, somebody give the Lord a hand for that. Because we serve a miracle working God. Amen. If you hold on. In your situation of testing, if you hold on, in your situation of trials, God will come through. He will come through. But you need to hold on. You need to hold on. But God was preparing me for something. God was preparing me for something that I cannot comprehend. If I would have been involved in something like that in the beginning of my Christianity, I would not have made it. I would not have made it. Can you imagine being a part of a team? It is awesome. It's growth. But if you're in a part of a team with five pastors and nobody is the senior pastor, can you imagine how some of these meetings must go? Right? But that's why God is doing, you know, he was doing something awesome. And it took a while, but now we're a powerful team. We're a powerful team. We know our role. We know what we have to do. We know I, I appreciate you for what you are doing. I appreciate you for what you are doing. I need to listen to you when we're doing this. I need to listen to you when we're doing to that. And you need to listen to me when we're doing this. And we are in our role. And God is moving powerfully. It is going great. It is really going great. And now recently Pastor Rick came and he helped us with, with, with doing leadership on a fast track. Because God is moving fast. So we need, we need advice from people with a lot of experience. Pastor Sonny will come oh, in two weeks again. Uh, Philip, Evangelist Philip LeCrue will come because we need the guidance. They might not really know how the team concept works, but they recognize how God is working. And they give us advice. And I love it. But he had made it beautiful in its time. Right? Before that, it was not beautiful. It was not beautiful. And we need to come to the realization that maybe you are at a, at, a, at a situation in your life. Maybe you are going through something that you are not supposed to go through. Because you have not positioned yourself for the right season. Some of us, we need to position ourselves for the right season. Because God, we just heard God wants to move in an awesome way. Summer is coming up in this church and God wants to move. But some of us, we need to position ourselves. Some of you, you are going to go out. But how you are right now, you are not able to go out. Right? You are not able to go out because you're not positioning yourself to do something like that. My wife and I, we positioned ourselves to get ready for what God wants to do. Was it easy? No. But God is moving in an awesome way. Remember that it says uh, uh, in verse 12, 
It says that everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all his toil. This is the gift of God. What does it mean? God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to be blessed that you may eat and drink for all your hard work. So the things that you're doing, God will bless it because that is the gift of God. I remember when, 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 when I was in Holland, I was working hard. My wife was working. We had both had full-time jobs. She was a manager. I was a cop. We had good money. I mean, good money. In Holland, you get paid good. You know? And, and, uh, 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 um, but for one thing, I never had faith. I never had faith for my finances. Because I made money. I could go to every conference. I could do all these things. I had a house. My kids, they had a nice school. They had like, there were piano lessons, ballet lessons, and all these things. And I had a good life. And like I said, I was faithful in church. But I didn't have faith for my finances. It wasn't until I came to South Africa where I became a missionary. Where I started stepping out in these areas. Because remember when I said I wasn't really happy. Because I never seen God move like in my life, in my, in my finances, in different things. And it is amazing now that that uh, uh, um, like we were we lived in the home, and and we wanted to move, but we couldn't. And Pastor Sonny said, "I want you guys to move." Okay, so I looked for a house, and it was a, it was a house in a real nice area, real nice area. My wife wanted to live there. I said, "Well, I don't know, you know, this is my faith again. <laughs> we can't afford that, babe, you know." And then uh, I looked for the house anyway. And then um, uh, we went there. And my son, he said, you know, Daddy, I want to have a pool. I said, I know you want to have a pool, son. You know, I said, no, I understand, Daddy. We don't have money for that. And then I talked to these people of the house. And then he says, oh, yeah, we have a swimming pool. You know, that you can use. You can just use the swimming pool for free. It's amazing. So to make a long story short, we got the house, right, with the swimming pool. In a nice area, in the other area where the, where the home was at, I always had to take the car when I wanted to go out. If you're from Holland, you like to walk. If you're from Holland, you like to, you know, I just want to walk to the store. I just want to walk in the park. When my, when my kids ride the bike, that's how we grow up. Especially me as a cop from Amsterdam. There is no place in Amsterdam, in Holland, where you cannot walk because it is safe. Right? But here I was, I cannot go out. Me as a white guy in that neighborhood, remember South Africa, they still think in, in blocks. You have the blacks, you have the coloreds, and you have the whites. We lived in a colored neighborhood. So the blacks is everything that is really African features. Everything that is not white, that is colored. So we have a lot of colors here. <laughs> right? So when I came, I could not walk outside the door as a white guy because for sure I will be robbed. It's not a question. Because the people that steal everything, literally everything. We had a church service in a school, and all of a sudden there was a flooding. And what happened? Well, uh, a drug addict came, and he pulled out the copper pipes from in the toilet while the service was going on, and he ran outside. They steal everything. Literally everything. And I'm not kidding. Many times the guys jumped because we had a big turf. Many guys jumped over, over the fence to steal something. I remember Pastor Tim was staying there. And he was teaching some guys in, in, a, in a room. 
while somebody broke in in his, in his bedroom and stole his uh, uh, um, uh, computer, laptop. And these people in Cape Town are wild, man. Like, you know, I, I thought, okay, somebody stole something. Let me not send the home guys. Let me send the reentry guys. They're a little, you know, they're a little bit better now, you know. Oh, my God, you know. And I was still a cop back then. And then you know, I see these guys get the guy that stole it, you know, and then they, they beat like the sin out of him. <laughs> and this guy was, I said, guys, stop, stop. So the guy was all bloody, you know, like this, you know. And, and, and you know, it's like some, sometimes it doesn't help if you say stop one, stop. Like, and you hear pop, 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 stop, you know. And then really like a referee, like with the UFC, you have to jump in. You know, these guys, they're like. So and then you're standing there as pastor, you're like, God, what am I going to say? You know, this guy's all bloody. He said, listen, I know they cannot beat you up. But this is what you get when you steal from Christians. <laughs> That's the wrath of God. <laughs> but that was the area we were living in. And the other day, we had like tent campaigns. And we had like big, big metal poles for the tents, right? So then I was talking to somebody at the, at the entrance of our, of our place. And then late at night, and I was at like a shopping cart, two guys. And I see guys with a big black pole. So I said, isn't that a pole? <laughs> and I said, okay, guys, let's go. So, it's, so they got the pole back, beat the guy up, you know. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. I was a UTC uh, director for six months there in Cape Town. And my staff, oh, terrible. It's like they stole, they stole my wife's iPhone charger. They stole my iPhone. They stole everything. But they stole the iPhone charger. And then they found out who did it. And it's like. They, these guys watch too many movies. You know, they just, they take him for a ride, you know. <laughs> they beat this guy up in the van. <laughs> it's terrible. UTC staff. I mean, they're Capetonians, you know. But that you can imagine, that's, that's how much violence is in these guys from young. There's violence in these. That's just how they grow up. And that is normal, you know. And can you imagine when somebody is restored and God is doing, that's a miracle. That is a miracle. Right? And I mean, also when Pastor Chuck, when he preaches, sometimes he preaches about his days here, right here in the streets here. And then he speaks about that and you see like a change. I say, oh, man, Pastor, are you saved? You know? <laughs> and like how he did, you know, and then he's gonna got the, the gangster walk. And it's funny, man. But that's, that's how, God, how God changes lives. How God changes lives. But me as a white guy, I couldn't walk on the street because I get robbed. But now we got a beautiful house, right? And I didn't have the money. That's a beautiful thing. I didn't have the money because normally I have all the money, right? And even the first year, I still got benefits from tax refunds and all these things. But right now, I'm having United We Can support. So it is very important, you know, that we as United We Can, uh, as missionaries, we can function through your giving. That's why when Pastor Esteban said, can you, you know, do you really see it? Yes, I see it. Because part of the home still, it is funded by United We Can. You know, some of the missionaries, they're funded by United We Can. And that's why God can move in such an awesome way in Cape Town, South Africa. You know, and, and, and uh, 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 my wife and I, we're both very much involved in ministry. Very much. We're like, we're, you know, back-to-back -back partners. But then we come back, come home, and then the household is like, oh, my God. You know, we got three little kids. You can't imagine how our house looks. You know, 
But this is how God is. Then, and then because I talked to the owner, and he says, oh, yeah, I forgot to ask you. You just need to, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, that's when the maid comes. So the maid? So yeah, the house comes with a maid. Isn't that awesome? With all the money I had in Holland, I never had a maid. You know, so she cleans the house. She even does our laundry. You know, when, it is amazing, you know, that, how God moves. When we went from, from, from our apartment in the home, I didn't have a cup nor a plate, no cutlery, nothing. Because everything, you know, the home borrows everything, you know. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so then at home we go to a new house and now we have our own stuff. Because we always borrow stuff from each other in that house, in the training center, you know. Can I use this? Can I use your pen? Can I use your plate? Can I, you know, all these things. But now we didn't have nothing because we're going to get our own place. So I was kind of worried about that. Because here it comes with my... With my uh, a rational Dutch mind, I'm thinking, how are we going to do that? I don't have the money for that. This and this and that. So my wife says, no, let's just trust God. I said, okay, honey, let's just trust God. So I walk into the house, open the cupboards, everything brand new. Everything brand new. And that is how our God works. Another, another God is blowing me out of my, out of my socks. It is amazing. Like, I, I, when I had, I had two suits, right? I had two suits and I did the, I said, four years I was in the United States. In 2007, I was at World Conference. I led worship in the morning. And I had two suits. I led worship in those suits. So now I was going to Mighty Man of Valor. And I was like, oh, man, I don't want to leave worship in the same suit, you know? That's, that's how I am. And one is like a little bit like red. So you see it right away. You know, I said, hey, is that, is that guy with the same red suit, you know? <laughs> Because I'm white and white and red. Hey, I've seen that before. <laughs> right? <laughs> but I didn't have the money for that. Right before I came to Mighty Man, somebody blessed me with a new suit. Somebody else blessed me with a new suit. Then I went to Dublin Island. Pastor Andy, he said, here, I want to bless you with a new suit. And my wife even called me. She said, there's a new suit waiting for you. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Why am I saying all these things? Not because I'm so good. No. Because I used to be messed up. Some things I'm still messed up. Right? But God is faithful. God is faithful. He has made everything beautiful in its time. I never had a breakthrough in my finances when I had a good job, when I had good finances. I was worried about money. Do I have enough money? Do I have enough this? Do I have enough that? Do I have enough this? Can I pay for this, you know, when, when, when winning the pledge, I was always worried. Why? Because the, the money was kind of ruling my mind. I mean, I love the Lord. I love the Lord with all my heart. But that, that Western society, messed up society, messed up my Christian faith. And now here I am in Cape Town, South Africa. I came on the plane, literally. I've been gone for five weeks, right? I've been gone for five weeks. And I went to Amsterdam, I went to Dublin, I went to Germany, and I came here to, 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 to uh, uh, the USA. I was so blessed that I was able to come here. But when I stepped into that plane, you know how much money I had in my pocket? I had two euros. That is three dollars. And my wife, she's a woman of faith, and she said, no, God will provide. Uh, still I had doubt, you know. I said, oh my God, here comes the plane, you know. I have no money. You know, but God is so amazing. God is so, if you put your trust in him, 
If you put your trust in him, and if you're going to walk in your calling, God will take care of you. God will take care of you. It's not a question if. God will take care of you. He will take care of you. He will bless you. He will bless you. That's why this scripture is so important. It says uh, um, that everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all his toil. This is the gift of God. God wants to give it to you. 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 He wants to bless you. But he can only bless you if you start walking in your calling. There are a lot of people in this room and you are fighting with God for your calling. Some of you guys are gifted to do. This church, you know how it's going to grow? If some of us start walking in our gifting. Start walking more in our gifting. Some of you guys, you're great in doing some things, but you're not doing it. You, start, you need to start walking in your calling. If you're going to walk, walk according to your gifting, then God will explode this place. God will bring a revival in this place. Why? Because you're doing what you're supposed to do. And my Bible says that if you can eat and you can drink, and you'll be satisfied because it is the gift of God. I don't really believe like in heavy prosperity preaching, but I believe that God wants to bless you. And don't tell me that is not true because I'm experiencing it right now. God is taking care of me. God is taking care of me. He knows what I, the needs I have. He knows what, what I don't have, what I have. And another day, it was amazing. I came here. I was staying in the UTC. I got a phone call. I said, do you have a, do you have a ride? No, I don't have a ride. Okay, I want to... I want I want to get you a rental car. So the person got me a rental car. And it was, of course, like the economy one. So I got to the place. And they said, oh, you got a free upgrade. So I got a Dodge Challenger. Nice one, too. Right? From a $26 a day to an $85 a day. For six days. You know, and I enjoyed it. I'm telling you, I am enjoyed it. When I go home, I drive my old beat-up Mercedes again. Like old, old, old Mercedes. But I enjoyed this. You know, I didn't ask for it, but God will bless you. He will meet you in the way. If you're going to step out, if you're going to walk in your calling, then God is going to take care of you. And I'm not saying that all of you are going to go out, but right here in this place, in this church, if you are going to walk in your calling, and you are going to give more time. Maybe you shouldn't have that job on Sunday. Maybe you shouldn't have that job on Wednesday night. Maybe you shouldn't be so busy with other things, but just do what you're supposed to do in your job and then dedicate your time unto the Lord. God will come through, my friend. He will come through. And I'm experiencing it now. I'm experiencing it now. I'm, you're, you're looking at a man whose faith went to a whole nother level these last couple of months. And I've been saved for, for 17 years or so. 16, 17 years. But these last couple of months, I've seen things with my own eyes that I've never seen before. And in, in, in your life, it might be something else. Maybe in the finances. Maybe it might be something else that you don't have faith for that. But God wants to come through. He wants to bless you. He wants to do a miraculous work in your life. But guess what? You are not in the right season, in the right position of your life. God has it ready. Pastor Dre said it so beautifully. You just need to get there. Right? What he said about the quarterback. I say, uh, 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 I'm not too familiar with the players of, of Golden State. I'm sorry. You know? 
I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to say it. When you look at a white guy, yes, I'm a Boston fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> Some of you, oh, man. I love Boston. I can't help it. Sorry. You know. But let me, do, let me give a description. You know, that, 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 you know, let's say if it's ever going to happen that uh, uh, Kobe Bryant has the ball, right? <laughs> he has the ball. And, he pa- and he's standing by the three-point line. And he gives like a weird pass up in the air. And the defenders are looking like that. Where's the ball going? And then you see Dwight, Dwight Howard flying in the air and giving like an alley-oop, right? Boom! Beautiful. That's how what God wants to do with us. He gives us a pass. He gives us a, maybe even a no-look pass, right? And nobody expects it. But that here you're running, here you're running, here you're running, and you're catching that ball and you're scoring. That's what, that's, what, that's what he wants to do for you. He wants you to step out in the things that are not really obvious. It was not really obvious for me to go to South Africa. My mom is not really not saved yet. She didn't understand why I would take my kids to South Africa. And sometimes even myself, I have to explain my son when they are shooting. Like we were eating by somebody's place and they're shooting outside. And I can see in the eyes of my son, he is scared. And he says, Daddy, what are you doing? What are you doing? I said, son, they're shooting. But that's why we're here. You know, and, and, and but that's why we need to, you know, we need to trust God that God will save these young men. You know, and for a, for a father, that is very hard because you see the fear in your in the son's eyes and you cannot do nothing about it because that's the calling of God upon your life. Right. But I need to trust God. I need to trust God for my wife. I need to trust God for my son and for my two daughters. You know, and that is the price we pay as Christians. But that is faith, my friend. That is faith, my friend. We cannot protect our children. From all the things of life. We can't. We just need to have faith for it. We need to have faith for it. Some of us, we want to protect our children with all kind of money. Money messes up our children. It messes up our children. I mean, look at people who have money. And then these kids, they're spoiled. We need to start stepping out in the will of God for our lives. We need to start stepping out. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 8, it says, The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hands to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. Remind those last three word, four words. He is giving you. He wants to, your barns to overflow. He wants to bless you. He wants to take care of you. He wants to take care of this church. He wants to do something awesome. But we need to get ready for that. Because those last four words, it says, He is giving you. So we should not go a land that He has not given us. We should not do something that He is not telling us to do. And that is some of us. We stubborn men, stubborn humans, stubborn women. You know, sometimes we mess up with our credit cards. And then we ask God to fix it up. Right? God cannot bless us if we are not obedient to his word. He cannot bless us. You want to be a missionary, but you get yourselves in debt. Don't do that. If you call this a missionary, prepare yourself. Right? Prepare yourself for something that God wants to do. God, you know God wants to use in a mighty way. That's why I praise God for my wife. And, and, and uh, when I look at Pastor Chuck, Sister Chica, you know, he knew that he was called as a missionary. He was ready. But some of us, we only go for the looks of somebody. Right? As men, and you say, oh, she's pretty, you know. But you know she doesn't love the Lord. Then don't go there. Because it is not your calling. Because those looks will fade away. Right? Guess what? Your looks will fade away too. Right? It's amazing how it works. How, how the 
how the, the, your impressive shoulders will go to your stomach all of a sudden. <laughs> right? Like with men. Like I used to be real buff, right? Like I used to be like, not, not really. But I, want, I tried to think, you know. I want to be like a triangle like this. But now the triangle is getting like this. <laughs> right? Right? Can we be real? But God wants to do something supernatural in your life. But you need to position yourself for the right season. In, 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 in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Right? You receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you. That word power, maybe some of you heard it, but it comes from the word dunamis. Right? Dunamis, that's the word for dynamite that they found out later on. You know, so that means there's a lot of power in that. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Right? The great command is go into all the world to preach the gospel. Right? And it even goes on. It says, um, let me see where, it's, where it stands. It, is, it says that signs and wonders will follow you, right? Signs and wonders will follow you when you're doing the will of God. Those are the testimonies of when you're doing the will of God. The disciples, they left everything behind. They just followed God. They just followed God and did the will of God. Some of us, you need to start following God. And maybe it's not, not, not your job and all these things, but maybe it's the little thing that you haven't given your, uh, uh, your heart completely to. We need to look at ourselves. If you want to have the full blessing, if you want to walk completely in God's calling, then you need to position yourself. Because God is ready. His door is wide open. The door is wide open. All we need to do is step into that blessing. And again, you're looking, you're standing, you're looking at a witness, somebody who can really say that I was doing good as a Christian. I was faithful. I was faithful. But I was not completely satisfied. And now I don't have the money I used to have, really. I don't have it. But God, he comes through. Right? And then right before I left, I looked at my wife. And we looked at each other. And we said, man, you know, we used to have all these things. We used to have all these things. And now we have basically nothing. But we are happier than we've ever been. We're happier than we've ever been. Why? Because I'm walking in the calling of God. I'm doing what God has told me to do. Is it easy? No. Because you will face challenges. Everybody of us, we will face challenges. You know, you will not be spared from those things. But if you go with God, then he will take care of you. He will carry you along the way. And he will do what he said he would do. Amen. Can we stand this morning? Spirit of the Lord is in this place, church.
The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. And I believe, I believe the Spirit of the Lord is moving in this place. Remember that word we read, it said, God has made everything beautiful in its time. For many of you, the, the time is right now. He wants to make it beautiful right now. He wants to make it beautiful this year, 2013 still. I know some of us, we had like, oh, I pray that 2013 will be my year of breakthrough, that God will do something different, right? Well, we're almost at the half, half, half almost, right? Some of us, we need to reposition ourselves. Some of us, we need to evaluate and reposition ourselves because there is a season of harvest. There is a season of blessing. There is a season of breakthrough. But we need to position ourselves for that harvest. We need to position ourselves. Remember what we read in the beginning. We read, uh, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He wants you to be blessed. He wants you to, because that is the gift of God. He wants to bless you in the land that he's giving you. He wants to bless you in the ministry that he's giving you. He wants to bless you with the wife that he's giving you. He wants to bless you with the job that he's giving you. He wants to bless you with maybe the city that he's giving you. He wants to bless you. He wants to take care of you. But we need to start walking in what he has called us to do. Don't trust, don't trust in our own ways. Start trusting in the Lord with all your heart. We need to give it all to God. I always gave my 90%. That's what I found out. That 10% I never gave to him. That's why I could never be satisfied. Well, when he was working with me, when he was training me for my calling, for my mission, for the thing that he had for me, I didn't give my everything. Your time is now. You can decide to give your everything unto the Lord. Start trusting it with him. Maybe I talked to this young man the other day. And I saw it right away. I haven't seen him for four years. I saw right away. There's something wrong with him. Because he always had the joy of the Lord. Now I don't see that sparkle in his eyes no more. So I asked him. I said, what's wrong? And then he didn't want to tell me. And then a couple hours later, he came and he broke in my arms. And he said, Pastor Hughes, honestly, that you're asking this, I am afraid for my health. Because I had some, some, some reports that I'm kind of afraid of. And I could relate to him. Because I remember in 2007, in 2007, my father passed away. And he was sick for two and a half years. And I never really had a relationship with him. But it's strange how God works. That on the in the 5th of September 2007 so my father passed away but it was exactly the same day my daughter was born and I because I never had a relationship with him and what he had died of and I was a Christian but I got anxiety attacks for half a year I had to quit my job because I was a mess I got anxiety I was, I was afraid every, thought, every day I thought I would die I got a little pain every day. I thought I would die. And this young man had the same thing. And I could minister to him. Because I remember after six months of, of asking God. And nothing happened. Nothing happened. Then all of a the sudden. Then I was watching a movie. And in that movie they said, is anything too hard for the Lord? And then it clicked. With, I heard that many times. But it clicked with my spirit. And I said, is anything too hard for the Lord? And that I had a depression for six months. And then depression it brought me down. I was leading worship, but I wasn't walking in the full joy of the Lord. 
So here I was in 2008. I, I, I came back in 2009. It was one of the hardest years of my life. In 2009. And I, here I was. And I was a, a mess. And six months later, God came through. There were like clouds on top of me. I felt it. And then it was in one situation. In one circumstance, God came through. Amen. And what happened is that I went on my knees and I prayed and I just asked Him, Lord, forgive me, I made you so small. And all of a sudden, that anxiety attacks, they were gone. They've never been back since. Why am I saying these things? I'm saying these things because we as Christians, we're battling with everyday things. We're battling with everyday challenges. Yeah, our God is great, but you have your doubts. Don't doubt because He is bigger than anything. He is greater than anything. He is able to do what He said He would do. You need to position yourself. Some of us, you need to position your finances. Some of us, you need to position your mind. You need to position your heart back to where he has you. And my call goes out this morning, this afternoon. If you want the full blessing, if you want everything that God has called you to do, but you might have to reposition yourself, I want you to come to the altar. And we're going to pray. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. Jesus, we worship you today. Lord, we worship you today, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus, come to the altar. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. Hallelujah, Jesus. Just lift up your hands this, this afternoon. Just lift up your hands and just start praising Him. Just start worshiping. Some of us, maybe we need to confess it. Some of us, we maybe just say, Lord, forgive me, Lord, for making you so small. Some of us, we need to say, yes, Lord, I know I have to change some things in my life. Some of us, we need to come and say, Lord, I want everything that I, you have for me. Oh, our God is greater. Because our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer. Our God is healer. Awesome in power. Awesome in power. Our God. Our God. Lord, our God. Our God. Our God. Our God is greater. Our God is greater. God is stronger. God, you are higher higher than any other. Our God is healer. Our God is healer. Awesome in power. Our God. Our God. Our God God is greater. Our God is greater. Our God is strong. God, you are higher. God, you are higher than any. God, you are healer. Our God is healer. Awesome in power. Our God. Our God. And if our God is for us, 
And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand again? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand again? And if our God is for us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what? And if our God, and if our God is with us, then who could ever stop us? And if our God is with us, then what could stand again? Hallelujah. Just, just be in the same atmosphere. Just be in the same atmosphere. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord Jesus. In Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And in this portion, I want to focus on it. says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they will comfort me. My friend, even though you might walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we worship you this morning. Lord, we praise you this morning. Oh. Oh. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's somebody right here. And you're going through depression. You, 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 you're, you're downcast. You want to have the joy, but you don't get the victory. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. If you don't go into a dark period in your life, I want you to come to the front here. I want to pray with you. Hallelujah, Jesus. You don't have to be ashamed. We all go through those things. Hallelujah. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Every circumstance, our God is here. Lord, you are awesome in power, God. You are awesome in power, God. Our God, our God, our God. Our God, is greater. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Touch it, God. You are higher. Let your love flow, our God is healer, our Son in power. Hallelujah! 
Hallelujah. Our God, our God is greater. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any Our God is healer. Awesome in power. Our God. Our God. Our God is greater. Our God is greater. Our God is our God is stronger. God, you are higher. God, you are higher than awesome in power. Our God. Our God. Somebody here, you have, there's, there's something wrong with your lungs. Something wrong with your lungs. You have problem breathing or something. I want you to come to the front. We're going to pray. We're going to believe God. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's somebody here, there's something wrong with your lungs. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Or maybe the way you breathe. Hallelujah. It's a new season. It's a new day. A fresh anointing is coming your way. A season of power. Season of power. Prosperity. Prosperity. It's a new season. It's a new season. Can somebody sing that this morning? Come on, let's all play it. It's a new season. It's a new season. It's a new day. A fresh anointing is flowing my way. It's a season of power and prosperity. It's a new season coming to me. It's a new season. It's a new day. Fresh and it's coming your way. It's coming your way. It's a new season. Come on, somebody lift up your hands. To me. Let's sing it out. It's a new season. It's a new season. It's a new day. It's a new day. Fresh anointing. Fresh anointing. It's flowing your way. It's flowing your way. It's a season, it's a season of power. power. It's prosperity. It's a new season. You know, I feel what the Lord showed me, Pastor Esteban, is that when I walked into this church, and, 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 and I have so, 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 so much respect for this church. A 
Amen? Because this is, this is one of the pillars of Victory Outreach. This is one of the pillar churches of Victory Outreach. Don't take this lightly. This is one of the pillar churches of Victory Outreach. Planted many works, many works, many works, many things that were happening. And I see it. I, I talked to, to Brother Sal. I talked to other people. You have a passion for the mission field. You have a passion for the things that are happening in Victory Outreach. You want to say run for hope. You're second place in Northern Cal. That says something because you have a passion. Amen. But guess what? That comes with a price. The, the enemy, he's, he's mad at this church. He wants to take this church out. Amen? But how many of you know that the devil, he can try? Amen? But if his people stand together, amen, and, and then the vision that Pastor Esteban has and, and, and Sister Sheila, that God wants to restore it and bring it back again. He wants to do new things, things that you could have never imagined to do. Amen? Amen? So I want to pray for that. I want to pray for that. And believe God. Amen? That every great work, every great exploit that has been taking place. Amen? I mean, I'm having my breakthrough because Pastor Steve, he had that, amen, a vision for South Africa. Right? That's how God works. Pastor Chuck, all the experience because he went to Indonesia. He went to the Philippines. Amen. He is in Cape Town right now. Those are your fruits, church. Those are your fruits. Amen. But God wants to have more fruits. God wants you to have more fruits. It's not over yet. No, this is just the beginning. Yeah. This is just the beginning. Amen. This is just the beginning. You guys are part of an awesome, great church. And you guys are the pillars of this church. You might be new, but you're a pillar of this church because God is going to do great exploits. This is just the beginning. It really is just the beginning, but you need to start believing that. And God is positioning this church for the right season, like, poo, to take off. Right? He's positioning this church for a mighty takeoff. Guess what? That's why some of you guys are stretched. Like with Run For Hope, with these things, and with these things, and with these things. And God is doing great things. But your faith needs to go to another level. Your faith, you need to start stepping out. As your church gets blessed, you will get blessed. Because God, God cannot bless this church if you don't get blessed. Because it is people that give. It is people that do the things. Right? So that means God wants to bless you. Enable for you to bless the church. Enable to bless the work that God has uh, uh, ordained this church to be. Amen? So I want to pray for this church. I want to pray for Pastor Esteban, Sister Sheila. I want to pray for the leadership, for the men to rise up. Amen? When you went to the mighty men of valor, you have a beautiful message. But now we need to put it into practice. Now we need to start doing it. Now we need to start walking according to those things. Amen. There we have. You thought, you thought you said of, of yourself as a plan B. You thought of yourself like, oh man, if, God, if I get there. No, we need to step out in faith. Yeah. Like I said, it costed me something. I need, and listen, it costed me 10 years at least. It doesn't have to cost you 10 years. You can do it, you know, step out. Step out to what God has called you to do. Because we're living in the last days and God wants to do a greater work. And he's speeding up things. Right? He's speeding up things. So everybody, I just want you to lift your hands.